This episode of the Jason Cavins Experience is a replay of when I was a guest on the Genesis Home Podcast, hosted by my great friend, Rita Parker. There's a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Cavins Experience. Here at Cavins HR, we have some exciting news to share. We are doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign for Cavins HR starting March 2nd. We are doing this rewards-based crowdfunding campaign to continue the build-out of Cabinets HR. Our rewards include Cabinets HR t-shirts, social media outreach for you and your company, ebooks, webinars, and more. You can go to the Cabinets HR Indiegogo link at https colon backslash backslash cabinetshr.co slash crowdfunding to donate and for more info. Thank you for your time today, and remember to be great every day. This is the Jason Kavnis Experience, hosted by Jason Kavnis. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business, people, leadership, HR, and how each guest strives to be great every day. Hi, everyone. This is Rita, the Genesis Home Podcast, and I am here with the amazing Jason Kavanis of Kavanis HR. What's up, Jason? Hey, Rita. How are you doing? And thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's great to have you on here. And, you know, this is really awesome because besides the fact that I've known you for quite a while, you have something that, one, even in this time period, is desperately needed for small businesses. And I would really like them to know, you know, a bit of the backstory about it. So tell us about yourself and, you know, Cavanis HR. Yes. So some of the backstory. So um, a few years ago, I retired from the Army. I did 25 years in the United States Army. I was an HR officer. Well, I actually call it Adam General, but we call it HR. And so when I was getting ready to retire, you know, they tell you go on LinkedIn, find a job, connect with people, blase, blase, blase. So I'm LinkedIn trying to find a job. This guy named Mark Rose reached out to me. He said, hey, Jason, um, my name is Mark Rowe. I have a startup called My Unfold. We, ha- we want to have college graduates and military veterans for our job doing skills tests. Can we meet in person and you tell me how the Army ha- can help you find a job? Like, so well, one question for you. What the blank is a startup? I had no clue, no concept what a startup was. What's a startup? Like, you just don't start a company. Like, they already exist, right? Amazon, Boeing, they're, they're already here, right? You can't start a company. So he laughed. We met in person. And he explains all things started to me, like, you know, product market fit, MVP, lean startup, all that kind of stuff. And light bulb goes off my head. Hey, Mark, you never say anything about HR. Why is that? Oh, you know, startups, we don't do HR the way down the road, right? We don't, we don't have time for that at, at the beginning. Another light bulb goes off. Hey, Mark, let me join your startup. You know, this we seem like we have pretty good chemistry. Let me learn all this startup stuff. You know, I don't want to learn it. And then I can do, do HR for you later on. He agreed. And like, a, so interesting side note before I forget, while I was there, the person who did our design for us and the person who did our, our marketing both graduated from high school with my daughter while we were in South Korea. So that was an interesting dynamic. And then so, um, but like most times I didn't make it. But the two years I was there, like they say, I did everything except design a code. Like I learned sales, social media, no, um, business, all kind of stuff, right? And there's two years, like, man, none of these startups, none of them have, have HR. I mean, a few did, one of the funding, right? But most of them have HR. Like, man, maybe this might be a business I can do, right? And so, of course, and I, and I did the pivot from startups to companies of 49 and fewer people. They know most startups don't have funding. You know, I can't do this pro bono, of course. No, they tell you to do your business research. So according to this SBA, there's like five million companies with 49 and fewer people. Most don't have HR. You know, an HR person like me is 50,000 more people. It's benefits. They can't afford that. And you have the HR consultants who, that's who we want to put our business. They overcharge the price and deliver on value. And you have the large HR companies who like have, or know if they have horrible customer service or user experiences. And then, you know, they'll tell you to validate your idea. And so over a six month time period, I talked to over 300 small business owners. Um, more detail than this, but basically it was when you pay for HR as affordable, did you want it? And it's been going on going going since then. And so what we do is, um, that's what I call it, basic HR, employee handbooks, HR policies, job descriptions, onboarding, responsive HR advice, and, and those kind of things. 
you know, you said something that was really interesting that most small businesses don't have an HR, but it's something that is needed when it comes to staying up to date on codes or policies of that state or city and to maintain and training. So do you, why do you think it's so essential, but not valued? I mean, it's almost like having insurance, right? Like you really don't value your car insurance until you have a wreck, right? You don't value, you know, uh, homeowner insurance until you have a break in, right? And, and the thing is like, like I, like I tell people, like the government doesn't, doesn't have enough resources to inspect your business every single day, right? So odds of you getting in trouble is kind of slim. But what usually happens is an employee is going to drop it down when you, so to speak, right? And get you in trouble that way. That we got to have everything. The main thing with HR is not rocket science. You got, like I tell people, you, you should treat your employees like you want to be treated, right? But unfortunately, these days, a lot of people don't do that. And, and, and stuff changes so much, right? Like, like laws in Seattle are different from Los Angeles or different from Dallas. Each city has a has its own set of laws you have to follow, right? Like here in the state of Washington, in just a minimum wage in Seattle's one one in in Seattle is actually three different minimum wages in, in the Seattle area. The other one to come and the rest of it has a different one, right? So this each each location has its own set of HR laws you gotta follow. And it changes so much. So you know there's like employee law, department of labor law, all these different items you have to follow and keep up to up to date on, which of course, who has time to do that? You have a business to run. Right. And so what ends up happening is that they kind of lose sight or lose track of how to maintain it all while trying to grow to grow a business, while trying to, you know, build morale or set up a culture within those small businesses. But the interesting thing that you mentioned was the the different states. So how do you how does the system manage it that, OK, I'm in New York, you're in Washington clearly the rules and regs of, of my state is going to be different from yours. So how does Cavendish HR fit into that if there's two different systems? So basically what we do, we monitor a lot of sites. Like there's um there's one site called the Society of Community Resource Management. They keep it a lot of, they, they give you get give they give like policy updates all the time on a daily basis. Like all these sites like Society, Society of Community Resource Management, Department of Label, Equal Opportunity Commission, you know, all the state level, they all have email newsletters that are sent out on a weekly or daily basis that we keep track of, right? And even with us, it's kind of hard to do, right? It's so much information. And some of it is relevant, some of it's not relevant. And plus, you know, if you have like, um, you know, um, um, uh, employees on visas, that's another thing you got to keep up to date, you know? So it's just a lot of information out there from, from various sources. And you collect that information and try to make it simple for people such as myself that once again, you mentioned car insurance and things like that. While it is important, it's not the first thing on no, your mind. No, <laughs> no. Like, like, like for example, this is a simple example. Like, suppose we're you're in, um, uh, we'll say Dallas, Texas, right? And we give a, uh, you do an HR to give it for the employee handbook says the minimum wage in Dallas, Texas, seven twenty five. But then, you know, two months later, the city city council of Dallas changes to ten dollars an hour. We would get an update and then we would update your employee handbook for you and send you like a little link saying, hey, this this has changed. You know, update all your employees. Or, you know, there could be a plethora of other examples. Well, I mean, that's that's a good example, considering the fact that that's a major debate right now that, you know, how the about the 15 um, 15 an hour minimum wage increase. Yes. So th little things like that do matter. Trust me. Yeah. Another thing too, I want to make sure people know like that. I don't think a lot of people know like, suppose you're, you're, you're a small business owner in Dallas, right? Your headquarters is in Dallas. You have, let's say you have 10 employees in Dallas. And you have one person in Seattle. Minimum wage in Dallas is 727 25 I think that Seattle right now is thirteen fifty. Even though your headquarters is in Dallas, you still have to pay that Seattle person thirteen fifty. You have to pay. You have to pay based on the local location, not where you're at for the hourly for hourly workers. Now, obviously, there's more to it, but I noticed that I was I was just curious about something, and I don't know if it's true or not. But I read somewhere that on average, a small business owner can lose roughly ten thousand dollars a year on you know not following through. Yes, yes. That, on certain yeah. things. Uh, yeah, yeah, can you explain that? Yeah, this estimate is done by uh, Dunn and Bradstreet and I believe Anytime Research. And the $10,000, of course, the estimate 
and it, it's like 27 billion per year and it's divided by the number of companies under 49 or fewer or something they did. And it could be like anything from, you know, a lawsuit. It could be like having a position open that you haven't filled yet. Or it could be, you know, you're overpaying employee. Like, you know, you should be paying somewhere, say, 48000 a year according to the labor market, but you're paying them 70000 a year. Or you pay overpaying for benefits, underpaid for benefits. It's a host of things going to go in there. And the other thing, too, uh, HR is so expensive. It's, you know, like like a lot of time I reach out to people trying to get, you know, get, get business. And it's like, well, I'm not doing recruiting. I don't need hiring. Well, HR is hiring, recruiting, you know, compliance, uh, wellness, benefits, culture. It's so many things that go into training, leadership. There's so many things in HR. So if you are looking for HR person, make sure you define what you want your HR person to do or not do, as the case may be. You mentioned cost, though, and I found that interesting that on your system, your cost is on tiers. So how does that, so why don't you explain your cost structure to, to us? Yeah, so currently it's a cost structure. So we do, uh, do HR for 49 or fewer people. And by people, I mean employees, contractors, interns, the whole, whole nine yards. And so for one to 10, it's $200 a month. 11 to 19 is 300. 20 to 34 is 400. And 35 to 49 is $500 a month. And of course, there's like a, a discount if you do it by the year. So right now we're doing by the, by that's the chair we came up with. And it's going to change in the future, you know, probably. So that's what we're working through right now. And it's, and it's not per person. Like it's like if you have 10 people, $200 for the whole thing. Another thing we do different too is like most, but we say most HR consultants, suppose you sign on with them and let's, they'll say they charge you a set amount of money, right? And they give you employee handbooks, all the documents. And suppose, um, it's May 1st to give you an employee handbook. Let's say July comes along and something changes and, and yet they have to get a new employee handbook. They're going to charge you a whole set of money all over again for the new documents with us. Everything's including that price at one time, as long as you keep on paying about a month or as long as you pay for the year. That's. So basically what you did, which was what, what you guys did, which was really effective is that instead of one, all of us trying to all small business owners trying to stay on top of that, you, you do it for us and we're not paying as much as we would pay a a full time HR specialist. Yes. Yes. We're essentially paying a flick for a membership. Yeah, basically, like, I mean, I'm sure everyone's heard like a software as a service. We're basically trying to do HR as a service. And I think that's 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 awesome. Now, here's the interesting thing, and I'm going to throw you a couple of curveballs. I am. I, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm also a real estate agent. I do on occasion have some interns and, you know, and I'm rarely home. So I'm always out and about. And most businesses this day and age are having like more of those like digital nomads that they'll have like people everywhere. How do you um, present something like this to someone like myself that's sometimes in New York, sometimes in D.C., but has teams that are in different states? So for that, like suppose you had like you suppose you had like five employees that like do travel to the United States. If I remember correctly, they have to have somewhere like a like a, a home base for the taxes, right? And we were based where yes. we were based that off the where the whatever they pick for the tax home base, where we pick it off of. Okay, is what we do. Well, I am a millennial, so therefore, digital nomads are very popular. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so we we want to make sure that we're covering that they get their their little shout out. Now, the cool part that you mentioned here was the fact that you took your experience in the military and you found a way to bring that into, you know, the civilian market. And this is going to sound like a really odd question. What was it like when you were starting to build this? Did you feel like you had the, the experiences from what you've learned in the military help this? process i think it did in a strange way so one thing the military is good at is like training you like get get, get knocked down 10 times get up 11 times you know resilience grit you know all that kind of stuff right and one thing i think when you start with an entrepreneur they really don't tell you is how much time it's going to take how much you get your teeth kicked in how many times you'll hear no so you know that so that the military background that has really been helpful for me like having the resilience and the 
grit and stuff. Keep on going, right? Because I mean, as you know, like it's not it's not easy, right? You know, there's always hundred million re- really reasons to quit. You know, everything has to line up right. So I think the the military trend, like you know, the stick to the stick to this, I think is what the word is I'm trying to say is, let's keep on going, all right? And and, and in the military, the army too, the army doesn't need enough credit for the army's pretty tech advanced, right? Like as far as like doing things. So as far as know how do you slack Google Drive, I, I knew how to do that kind of stuff. Some things I didn't know how to do, like I didn't really know what coding. I wasn't really know how to how to like what coding I was was right. I didn't know all the networking stuff. Cause one thing about the military is like you were in bubbles, right? So my last few years, I was in Fort Lewis, like forty five miles south of Seattle. I never went to Seattle for anything, right? Until I retired to network or anything, right? So as part of that, I had to, I had to learn how to network after I got in the military. So that was a big disadvantage. You see, the funny thing is, I think you're. This is maybe just my experience with you. You, you kind of made it really easy to talk to. So I can't imagine, like, I literally can't imagine you learning how to, you know, something like networking. Because I just, maybe that's, like I said, that's my experience with you, that you're, you're very easy to talk to. You, you know, you talk about HR like, like it's your baby, even though you have, you have your own child, of course. But, you know yeah. what I mean? So... I mean, I was always just curious about how that transition goes because those are things that are rarely covered. Yeah, it, it just seems something I had to learn, right? So, like most people don't know this, but uh, I'm an introvert, 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 and I'm Myra Briggs. I'm an INF, INFJ. There's like one percent of us in the world, right? We're like really introverted, right? I so had I had to overcome that, you know. It just it's just, just a process, you know. Like so, for example, like for networking, like suppose I go to a networking event, it starts at seven o'clock. And I get a seven fifteen. Well, I've you know it's a waste of time for me, right? Because I, I can't I can't bring myself to interrupt people when they're talking, right? I'm just that type of person, right? So what I do is something starts at seven. I get a six forty five and talk to people when they come to the door, right? And like small talk, I really don't like small talk, right? I mean, do I care how you're doing? Yes. Do I care how the weather's going? Probably not, right? So I'm not the best. So you know, <laughs> so so I'm, I'm not the best at small talk. However, having said that, which is strange, like I love to get in front of a group of people and talk, right? Like put me into 20, 30, 50, 100 people, and I, I and know I could talk, right? Now I have to rehearse. Like I have a friend, he can get in front of 100 people with a minute notice and talk about anything, right? Me, I gotta rehearse these 10 times, right? So I'm not one of those like impromptu speakers, right? But it's, it's definitely a learned process that you have to, you know, build your muscle memory to, right? And one thing, like I talked to you about my podcast, you know, you have to put yourself out there. Like you can't be an entrepreneur or anything these days, like for a personal brand or put yourself out there and having people know you are, right? You just, it can't, I mean, can't be done, you know, maybe back in 20 years ago, but not any, anymore. I don't think, right. People want to know you before they buy your product. It is just what I think. No, I agree with you completely because I mean, personality is part of the product. In this day and age, I mean, think about it. If if you're talking about HR, you're talking about a cult, the the source of a huge business culture, and how to maintain that. So I do agree with the fact that personality goes into that. I am also an introvert, which is why I love podcasting <laughs> because you get to talk to people and that like have that awkward moment. Exactly, yeah. and and like and like people say, man, you're not intro. You're a podcast. Like you don't understand podcast is introvert dream. Like you can control, you can control everything. You know who's coming on. You can ask the questions you want. There's you know you control the whole process. Right, and and it's not overwhelming. It's something that's really forgiving in its own way. So that's that's why I, I love it. And was I was just watching when I first got into it, I was watching your podcast and I was just like and you felt so you look so relaxed and calm like if he can do it, maybe I can. Yeah. That's that's, <laughs> what, that's what I tell people all the time too. How you do a podcast, like if I can do it, if I can figure this stuff out, you can do it. If I can figure out social media, you can do it, right? But like but you know the the, the part I, I I have so much respect for you do is when and you do these um, campaigns you have like these amazing like grassroots approach to campaigning like presenting your product and your services and you know you don't you know you see a lot of people do like you know Instagram and they're really like flashy and all this other stuff but you're really homey when it comes to presenting I'm not explaining I'm a New Yorker okay so. <laughs> I always wondered what is that something that's just natural or is that something that you just thought about and trusted out and it worked? 
Like what, what goes behind your presentation for your business or, you know, just, just in general, cause you talk about personality and every time I look at the website or, you know, use some of the tools, that's really what pops up. I mean, that, you know, everything's pretty, I don't want to say intimate because that just sounds like a weird jazz thing, but <laughs> like pretty, you know, simple. I mean, so where does that, that come from? Cause that's really awesome, especially when you think of stuff like tech and entrepreneurship and everything. I'm glad that stuff is really showy and you kind of made it more, you know, relaxed no and i thank you so a lot of it is you know being authentic being my true self as they say you know like you know i mean i think a lot of people are like they're, they're flashy showy and that that's not the true self you know you gotta be your true self because if you're like out there faking it sooner sooner or later true self's gonna come out right and they're gonna people are like okay which one is the true you which one is the true product you know so you confuse people and i mean honestly my office is like you know throwing stuff against the wall and experimenting right I and mean, i'm a big fan of experimenting to find the right process you know just like before on, on Instagram, I used to do like a daily quote, you know, that didn't really work out. Now I do this thing where it's like a picture of a, a, like a, a, like a space picture with a my model be great every day. That's people seem to like that, you know. So it's just a matter of like, you know, experimenting, you know, with different platforms, different audiences, like see what they don't like, don't like, you know, and, and don't be, be afraid of change or, you know, if something doesn't work, you know, it's not going to work right. You just got to keep on going back and back and forth. And, and be open to do all platforms, right? Like too many people, like, oh, I'm only gonna be on Instagram. Well, why not try on Snapchat, right? You're on TikTok. Yeah, I'm on TikTok, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be on TikTok, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not on there as much as I can. So one thing about TikTok, like, of course, there's trash on there. You know, everyone knows that, but there's so much value on there. Like one guy I follow off the subject, I think he's like he's 60, 70. He's a psychiatrist, right? He does a little dance. He is like a every day a daily mental health tip, right? And he does it in English and he does it in Spanish. So I think it's pretty cool, right? Another lady on there, I can't think of her name. She does like daily self tip, you know, for small business owners. I mean, there's so much stuff on. He's got to, you know, go to the trash. And you think about all so so your platforms have trash, like Twitter. It's accessible sometimes. Facebook, you know, we want to talk about that, right? So you just got to find the value in the platform. Right, and I and, and that is true because I mean I'm I'm on Instagram and you know. I think, like I said, you know, I've had this conversation before that I'm more of a, if I can go old school, I would, you know, just, you know, present my business and then call it a day. Social media, if you, you know, carve out something for yourself, you generally attract those kind of people. But when you look on your platforms, and I'm encouraging everyone to look like Instagram, look on TikTok, you know, I think you're on Snapchat as well. Snapchat, Clubhouse. Yeah. And the way you present yourself and Kevin's HR, it's like walking into like your buddy's room and you're like chilling <laughs> and you're talking about, you know, logistics and inventory control <laughs> and recruitment. Even recruitment doesn't even sound like recruitment. You're like, hey, let's just go talk to this dude and see what's going on. Exactly. It's just the way I don't. And that gets back to that personality behind the product. You kind of gave it this personality. You gave the product a personality that for someone like me, who's an introvert, can relate and understand. But for someone who's an extrovert, can even see the, the benefits behind it because at the very least, there's an organ, there's a, there's a balance behind it. There's a set of organization behind it. And I, I watch, you know, you know, TikTok and everything. You have like the videos and everything, but it's still really like cool. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. What, what, so, one thing we try to do with, with HR with us, like I think, you know, with um, HR. So for us, we try to bring HR, HR and old and new HR, right? Oh, and I don't mean by like age of person, right? So we try to make it like, like a lot of people, HR is like appliance you can do. Can we try to change it? So, so old HR is like, suppose you had an HR person, you ask them, hey, uh, HR person, what's going on marketing? I don't know. I don't work in marketing. I do, I do HR. Or, hey, HR person, this employee needs to talk to you, but they can't come to five o'clock. Well, I get up at 4 30, I don't know what to tell them, right? Or, hey, HR person, you know, when's the last time you went down to the production line? That's not my job, right? Well, new HR, we're trying to like try to be more open, like, you know, no, you know, your HR person knows what's going on in the company. They should know the pulse of the company, all that kind of stuff. 
uh, they should be open to employees and like new new HR person, like they, they do compliance because you have to follow the rules, but they're more like, okay, how, how can we make this add value, right? And so another example between old and new HR, suppose you have a company, you have a person who's like your best employee, then your best employee like five years, right? Like not even close, right? He outperforms everyone. But you have a, a policy that says if someone misses work for three days and they don't tell you, like they, like, they will miss it for three days, they, they, they get fired no matter what the reason, right? So your employee, the best one, misses work for three days. Old HR is going to say, hey, this person's fired. That's a rule. New HR is going to okay, understand the rule, but can we at least find out why the person missed work for three days? Is it a hospital? Do you have a rec? Before we get rid of our best performer, can we at least find out why this person didn't do this? Because this isn't like this person, right? And so we're trying to be more like the new HR versus old HR. If that, hopefully that makes sense. So you guys focus more on, once again, that the, the culture of the business and not necessarily the, I mean, the rules are important, but where's the, the culture yeah. as well? And you, you mentioned um, compliance. Now, I, before, I was in, before I was in real estate and before I was went into um, entrepreneurism full time, I was in retail. And I remember our HR staff used to actually work in in like the store with us, especially around the holidays. And the reason why that was so important, at least for the companies I worked with, was because they wanted them to understand the store. They wanted them to understand how the the machine works and why they're essential. Given the fact that you are technically virtual, you're not physically in that place. How do you maintain that kind of connection when it's basically an AI in a way? So for that, so we're going to be mainly HR for the employer, not the employee. So we're going to so maybe take a lot of the cues from the, from the, um, from the business owner, so to speak. So that is one pe- one part we're not going to be able to do off, off the front, unfortunately. Okay. At the beginning. Okay. But what the master plan is, once we get started, we're going on to going on. So another difference between us and the other companies, like most HR companies, they have all the HR people. I don't make. I don't want to say the name. I, I would say the company's name is you know, um, um, Cup Cup HR, right? And and they're in California. So how the how most HR companies work? work all the HR people are in one location. We say in um, Sacramento, California. So if you're a company in in Texas, you might call on Monday. You'll talk to Sam. Call Thursday. Talk to Susan. Call two weeks later. You're going to talk to you know Michael, right? So even though they say they give you HR, they give you HR advice. It's a different place each time. Well, thus the vision is to have the same person for you each time. We're going to have the same person each time, right? So each time you call, you're going, you're going to talk to Mary or Susan. It'll be the same person. And the grander vision is have that person in your same city. So take in the future, that person in your same city, and you'll be able to come visit you, visit you once in a while. But that's like, that's like kind of down the road, though. No, that's a good master plan, considering the fact that, once again, it's that connection. And even though I am very happy with my computer and my little bubble, I know a lot of people would like that one-on-one or that conversation. Yeah, and also, and also that even though like nowadays, you know, you would think everyone has a Zoom, everyone's not tech savvy, right? You know, a lot of people, you know, I've, I've had I've had appointments with people and they've made the Zoom appointments, and I've had to get on the phone and talk them through how to use Zoom, right? So everyone's not tech savvy like we like we think they are. So some people are still gonna prefer right. that in person. You know, this is it. I know I'm like bounced around here, but one big question I just realized that it just hit me was actually the pandemic itself. I know small businesses took a huge hit during this time. So what would the role of HR be during a time where, you know, everyone is literally trying to figure out how to not just put a food on the table, things like that, but make sure their employees are okay to make sure, you know, compliance is still going strong. So, so one thing we did, uh, we have a, a partnership with a co-working space out of Richmond, California called CoBiz. So, to have, so they have 90 companies. So what we do for them, we put together a list of resources of small business owners, right? So like Richmond, California, that like grants they give to get small business owners. So we did that kind of stuff, you know, and, and like, uh, and just the rules, like in California, like, um, so there's a law called an FMLA. So, so basically it usually comes, you have 50 more people. 
Well, California made it if that all employees were covered, all employees were covered because of COVID, right? So a lot of states took out different laws or did grants or business loans based on, on COVID, right? And we, we try our best to like let business owners know about that best we can. So you kind of really reinforce that resource part in human resources during this yes, time. Yes. What have you learned? I think it's really important to know what have you learned or experienced that you feel like you would apply to your business going forward? Oh man, that's, that's a good question. Well, one thing, like I said before, you gotta be able to bounce back, right? You're going to, you're going to have bad news. You know, like, you know, like entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster, right? And it's all in the same day. You're the best news and seconds later, you're the worst news. You gotta, you gotta be able to keep it even kill and keep everything in perspective, you know, because you never know what's around the corner. And another thing too with entrepreneurship, it seems like this is my experience. So like it's like sometimes the people you think or expect to help you out don't, and you get help from unexpected sources, right? So you are, you already got to be be up for, for that. And the one thing I'll say with entrepreneurship, like failure, like the stats are failures, like ninety five percent. You know, there's always here, noise, here, you're always feeling all this kind of stuff. I think you have to change your mindset. And you have to expect success. You know, you have to expect that if you're gonna you know enter a pitch competition, you're gonna win. If you're gonna like do a sales call, the person's gonna say yes. You have to put your mind stuff in the mindset that you're gonna win every day, because failures are around us as entrepreneurs. You have to believe in yourself and expect you to win, because you know you have to have confidence in yourself. You have confidence in yourself is it's gonna you know flow to other people, make it easier for you. And also, I would say like, I mean, like I always think that Wayne Gretzky, the great hockey player, had a saying: uh, "You miss 100 percent of shots you don't take," or something like that. Like, you know, in a pitch mm-hmm. competition, like. I mean, what they can do is say no, even if it's like off the wall. Like, I ended a, a, a thing for uh, Google for startups. They didn't think I have any chance I could accept it. You know, everything I, I put in for, I like, man, I have no chance. But I put my best foot forward and like, a lot of them I got accepted to, right? So you, you have to expect success as an entrepreneur. That's a great thing to know. And also, it's, it's important to have that kind of mentality, especially when things get real. You know, there's so many things that happened in the past year or a little over a year that having more of a positive mindset or or a, you know, constructive mindset really will take you far. But, you know, you also have something that I, I you I was talking about the, the podcasting and everything, but you have a podcast. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. You literally, it's your name. (laughs) So let's talk about that because I wasn't kidding when I said I looked at yours before I started mine because I wanted to figure out how was I going to do it because I look at yours and it's very, and you have like really talented people on there. So tell me about the experience. So when, like- when I first started a couple years ago, I started like trying to market for the business, right? So I started out as Kevin's HR. And originally it was, you know, and I was going to talk to uh, small business owners, founders, people with tech startups, blase, blase, no niche. And so when I first started, like, it was like a green screen, uh, like a laptop, web camera, basic microphone. And back then I had no idea how to edit stuff, right? So I was like, for a 30 minute podcast, so people are like, why only 30 minutes? I would say, well, I, would, I, would, I made a BS answer, but mom like, man, only 30 minutes because I, I don't know how to edit, right? It would take me like three or four hours to edit a 30 minute podcast because all I was doing, I was taking out every single, uh, every single ding. I was like making it too perfect, right? I wasted too much time. And then, so about a year later, I learned how to, and also when I was editing, I was editing at like regular speed, right? Like, like we're talking now, I was editing right that. So later on, I learned by accident how to speed it up. So you know how you look at you listen to podcasts like two or three speeds? I don't know how to edit, I don't know how to edit at mm-hmm. two or three speeds, right? So that, that increased it, right? And then I stopped taking all the others out. So that decreased the time, right? So after that, I was able to have more like long, long, long form uh, talks, right? Because you talk to someone 30 minutes, it's, it's kind of rushed, you know, like you really can't talk, you want to talk, right? So now I'm doing like a more like hour podcast. And then I changed from Kevin's HR to the Jason Kevin's experience. And now it's small business owners, founders, other interesting people. Other interesting people can be like uh, about uh, two months ago. I talked to a guy named Critton Morris. He's a uh, he's a nonprofit called Key to Change. He's a master violinist. He's performed in Paris in front of the Louvre, in front of Carnegie Hall. You know, so he's been on people like that's been on there. So kind of like you know, mix up a little bit more. And the talks are more like an hour to two and a half hours now, but more they're like more long form because you know people want to talk about themselves, right? Uh, and as far as getting guests, that's been a lot of luck too, right? 
um, just talking to the right people. Um, people reach out to me now too, but you know, everyone has something they want to sell or, or you know, they have a book they want to sell or, you know, they're a business to start, you know, but it's, it's been a great experience though, the podcast, but it's, it's been as up and down. I've, I've definitely come a long way. Well, the great thing about the podcast and at least from my perspective, it was the fact that it actually brought, even though the, the, the name changed, the great thing about it is that the flow didn't, yeah. if that makes any sense. So it really did bring out, once again, that personality of the, of the product in, in its own way, because now we got to meet you. You know, we look at Instagram and we look at other stuff and there's quotes from you, there's video and things like that, but there's not really much of the, the what Jason is like or what Jason is interested in. And you gave the business itself a bit of, bit of a personality because everyone on there from leaders to, you know you know, hobbyist or, and everything, they they all had the same thing. They were all really homey. They were all really, like, chilled out. I don't know if, like, once again, I don't know if it's the environment or it's just them, but it's just... Yeah, that's, that, that's a good point. Yeah, they've already... Yeah, that's, that's just totally luck, right? Yeah. Cause like, like, most people, like, do, like, a pre-call. I just... Uh, I get a hold of them, like, 10 minutes before the podcast, ask some questions, and then you just go from there, right? Right. So, but I just don't, I find it really interesting because now it makes people more, and from what I've seen with my friends, that they are more interested in looking at Cavendish HR because of the podcast. Yes. And I thought that was really cool that how it, like the podcast draws them in. I don't know if that was the intention, yeah, but intention, it works. Yeah. It's, it's been a great tool. Yeah. It's, and it's a great experience. Like, yeah, like you, like you said, like you just meet these great people on the podcast, make all these great connections, you know, it's been a good experience. And th- I think another great experience from it is seeing you to be honest with you, like when you and I first started talking, I think we were both trying to figure this out in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> and and you know, at, over time, I've seen like heard of, I've seen you, you know, go to programs. I've seen you, you know, speak. I've seen like there's so many things that's happened over over time, and now we're talking about another campaign that's coming up. Actually, yeah, it's yeah. going on right now. Yeah, so actually, uh, thanks for bringing that up. So at, at Cabinet CHR, we actually started a crowdfunding campaign on March second. It's going for the next sixty days. The goal is to uh, raise twenty five thousand dollars or more, of course, help us continue to build out. And so we have some great perks. Um, um, and so, so one of them is a, um, a webinar, ebook. But the biggest thing is, um, so like I said, our prices are heavily discounted. So if you like, um, if you, I mean, I'll do so for, for one to ten. Regular price two hundred dollars a month, or if you get a discount eight hundred dollars a month. If you do it through the crowdfund campaign, it's sixteen dollars a month, and the other discounts for other ones too. So that's been a big thing. Doing a, a press release for it, you no know, doing podcasts like this, it's been a lot of fun for the crowdfunding campaign, and learn learn a lot about it too. You know. Hey, I've I've seen when when I saw you on Fast Company, I was like, what? That that really was just like. Because I subscribed to that to that news to that website, and I was going, "Oh my god, this is like the coolest thing!" Yeah, and with that, that's how it's called the networking, right? Like, like you have to network, you know. Like, it, like everything I've gotten so far is going through network. I, I can trace everything back to somewhere like six, seven times before networking, right? Like, you just don't pop up. Oh, I'm you know fast come I'm gonna be this. I'm gonna be that. Right? You gotta. There's so many backward steps that people don't realize, right? That's true, but it's just like I said, it's just the the process that you have that you found a way to still be you during it. You know, I think one of the reasons why it's so amazing to have you on is because a lot of people say, I can't because, or it doesn't make sense to do this when all of this stuff is happening. You just basically said that I just came from one, one situation that was, you know, heavily disciplined and focused and then some person out of nowhere just called me up and says hey you want to start a business yeah. Why sure. not? <laughs> so 
for someone and then on top of that you said you're an in, you're an introvert which trust me i can relate to that and you had to find a way to still communicate your business while still being you so the 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 you, you found a way to kind of eliminate a lot of the excuses for yourself it does. if that makes any sense that i may not be able to be this may not be my strength you won't see me you know playing <laughs> Madison square garden but I yeah. can do this. And like people don't realize like my introvert part, like every time I'm yeah, like, it's funny. Like every time I'm about to do a podcast or every time like, I'm supposed to speak in front of people or like being in front of group people. But five minutes before I get this, I, I, I think I start thinking excuses. Why not to do it? Right. Like suppose I'm supposed to speak in front of 50 people for HR or whatever the case be entrepreneurship. You about five minutes before I start getting like not nervous. Like, okay, what is a way to get out of this? Right. If I just leave, well, they won't notice like, if, if I disappear, would anyone notice, right? Like, how, how do I get out of this, right? <laughs> I don't want to do this. What am I doing? Like, no, no. No, of course, you know, I push it aside, push it down. And with, once I start talking, everything's like, you know, unicorns and rainbows, so to speak. Everything's fine, right? But you know, five, ten minutes before, like, I get not nervous. I, I start thinking of reasons why not to do it, right? <laughs> if I just disappear, would anyone notice? Like, maybe I, I maybe I'll, I'll fake a, I'll, I'll fake, I'll, I'll fake a phone call. <laughs> hey, um, my uh, great niece is in the hospital. I have to cry, you know, or some craziness, right? Every time I think about that, right? But I always push it aside and then go through with it, right? You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because my, um, I have my, one of my cousins says that um, when she invites me, like, for events and stuff, I actually have to, like, rest the day before and the day after because it drains me. But, like, the minute she says it's time to go, I kind of, she calls it that I'm double dutching. Basically means that, like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. But once I'm yeah. in, I'm okay. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you were saying that, I was like, oh, did I drop a pen back in, like, high school? We should go all the way back to high school and check. <laughs> She'll go read if you don't get this car. <laughs> So I get it, but that's really like what makes this this whole experience for you kind of, like I said, awe inspiring because it's so easy to give into those fears and excuses, especially when you're an introvert, and it's so easy to say I can't because what if I talk to people and I have to deal with them? Like <laughs> I can't because of this. You essentially took I can't and said okay. I don't really, it's not my thing, but <laughs> I'm going to slap you for two seconds so you can go that way. I'm going to get it done. Exactly. And breathe later. That's the method. That's the method right there. <laughs> so I think that's really, you know, like I said, that's really awe inspiring, especially someone, like I said, you came from a place that was really heavily disciplined for over 20 years to more like a self discipline type setup. Now, I. What is what's the what's the the plan for twenty twenty one for you and Cabinets? So right now the plan is just for the next sixty days, just survival, right? Because I have a crowdfunding campaign, trying to build a tech platform. I'm NYU Labs. I'm doing the bunker lab stuff, and, and each one is just a full time job. The next sixty days is, is just just survive. But long term, you know, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully, the the crowdfunding campaign is successful. Use that to finish the platform out, build the MVP, and get customers. And then just you know, and then start fundraising. So the the, the master plan I had to put on the spot probably have like a have a seed round by the end of the year, and then like maybe ten or twenty customers using the platform. The interesting is, and the platforms are already national, so I mean people can actually walk no. To it, so um, right? we had a real hiccup. We had a we had a we had a we had a we're gonna have to redo the platform. So um so our our I had a tech co-founder I had let go of recently. He was walking out. So I'm actually been on bring on another tech tech person next couple of weeks, and, and yeah, so that's good. But Yay! yeah, but and, and but yeah. as we discussed, this is part of the process. So yeah. that's that's a good thing because I mean you yes, you found exactly. a solution to a problem, which is normally mm -hmm. what our job is. It's really how entrepreneurial entrepreneurialism works. You found a problem. You've found you found a way to make that a solution. And you are essentially yes, marketing yes. that solution. And given the fact that small businesses, you know, like I said, especially in places like New York City, L.A., places where there's like high traffic and lots and lots of people 
and it's very expensive, resources like yours are really important and valuable in the sense that one, it controls cost. Two, we have the support system we need that would normally cost us anywhere from, at least here in New York, and I actually did research on this part, this is a cool part. It cost $80,000 on average median for an HR yeah, person in New York City. They're not cheap. So given the fact that all you're asking for is approximately 500 bucks or a certain percentage or a certain number a year, that is and you're like you work in a you're you know you're a florist you're an hr guy you're not you're a designer you're you know you run a team and all you're saying is 500 a month i can keep you you on track and keep your team on track and you can go off and market and you can go off and do all that because now instead of you taking like a day or in, in most cases, three days to figure all this stuff out. Yes. We got your back. That is a big deal. And that is something that needs to be acknowledged. Like that, that's really the focal point of your business is making sure that those stressors are dealt with in an organized and, yeah, and accessible and- manner without spending almost yeah really like we talked about earlier you know like small business owners lose like 27 billion dollars or ten thousand dollars per employee it's also estimated that small business owners are spending 25 percent of the time on hr related items right and you know that's time they should be better spent taking care of the people taking care of employees and taking the building the business instead of spending on hr so we want to save small business owners time and money yeah and i think that's 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 awesome and what is especially in today's t- um, time period where people now have to work twice as hard to compensate for what they may be lost during 2020, especially restaurants and um, boutiques, you know, places like places like that have like certain specialties. So that really and, and another reason why I bring someone else up. Another reason why having the right HR person is, is, is uh, pretty important. Do you know? Do you, do you know the story about uh, what happened with Sherman Williams and Florida Paints and that one guy, that TikTok guy? So there's this guy no, on TikTok, happened? right? Um, what he would do? He worked for Sherman Williams, the store Sherman Williams. He would take different paints and mix them up, right? So people would, would send him a message to hey, make a some crazy color paint. He make all these colored paints, right? And so he had like a million. He had a million followers on TikTok making paints, right? Well, I guess there was really sure whims that you couldn't, you know, mix paints or do any type of this stuff, right? So the HR people decided to get rid of him, right? And so Sarah Williams lost him, and this company called Florida Paints hired him, right? So now this guy took his million TikTok followers. Sarah Williams had all this backlash on social media, like people saying they'll never buy Sarah Williams again. So now this guy, he's like 2029. 20, he has his own, like, paint line of Florida Paints, just from mixing paints online, right, from TikTok. And just take Sherman Williams for the instead of saying, "Oh, I know you broke our rules, but let's you know let's kind of like look past that and you know how do we take advantage of your million you know million TikTok followers, right? Instead of just, oh, this is the rule, there's no way around it.' Now he took his million TikTok followers, the the Florida paints, some small paints coming out of Florida. They're still to me like double or triple or ten times on Instagram, TikTok, everything. And now this guy has his own own paint line, and everyone is like going to Florida paints now." And that's why, you know, you, you, you need to make sure HR has the new way of thinking, is the old way of thinking, right? I mean, compliance is important, rules are important. However, yeah. common, you know, the bottom line is the business, right? This guy was potentially going to give your business millions of dollars of ROI, and now it's all lost because, you know, some kind of arcane, archaic rule. Yeah, you wow. No, so he, he, was, he, was, he was, so he was really at, uh, at Sherman Williams in Ohio. And the Florida Paints company, the Florida-based uh-huh. company, they they found out about it. They bought him for interview. But I, I sent you the, I follow him on TikTok. I sent him the link. I can't. I think I think his name is Tone Star, but he is like, yeah, all his all his videos get at least five hundred thousand views. He just like mixes different colors of paint up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Can you send that? Right. Oh, before I forget, because I know we're we're about to end up soon. Um. I always ask, what advice can you give um, entrepreneurs or people starting a business? So first, I mean, just get started, right? There's never going to be a perfect time, you know. It's always going to be, oh, I need this, I need that, or 
I got to have this done or I'm not ready for this. You got to get started, right? The sooner you get started, the sooner you start learning lessons. Sooner you, you know, I mean, you're going to fail several times. Um, so just get started. Another thing too, I was saying, don't be like me. Me, I pay for stuff way sooner than I should have, right? Like I always wait till the last possible moment. If you think you need something, wait a month. You know, do you really need this? You might think you do, or you might be like, okay, I don't need this, but if I buy it now, I get, you know, six months for free. Well, six months for free and pay for six months is still six months of wasted money down the drain if you don't use it, right? So be very deliberate with your with your money. Mm-hmm. Also, um, all advice is not good advice, right? Um, I mean, my experience for the most part, people give good advice, people have good intentions. But you have to worry, there are some people out there who are like, you know, quote unquote scammers, right? Or they want to take advantage of you, or you want to do stuff because it's to their advantage, or they give you advice based on their limbs or their experiences, right? So you gotta you gotta keep aware of that. And and most people are positive, but there are some there are some negative people out there, right? So you gotta be aware of that, you know. So uh, but mainly I would say just get started. If you have, if you have an idea, tell somebody about it, you know, don't Tell your mother, your wife, your husband, or your best friend. Tell people you don't you don't know about your idea. Validate your idea, but just but definitely get started. Thank you so much. And tell so, everyone where they can find you. If you can't find me, you know you you, you probably down on social media. <laughs> 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 but uh, but it's uh, Jason Cavanis everywhere and Cavanis HR approach everywhere. My email is jasoncavins at cavinshr.com. And the crowdfunding campaign, please check out the crowdfunding campaign at https slash crowdfunding. Thank you. I'm also going to include the link in, in, in it. And um, it's going to be on the network and everything. So, of course. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to the Genesis Home Podcast. All right. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Jason Cabinets Experience. We're asking for your support for our rewards-based crowdfunding campaign for Cabinets HR, either through your donation or by sharing this link with your networks. We are doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign to continue the build-out of Cabinets HR. Go to https colon backslash backslash cabinetshr.co slash crowdfunding for more details and to donate. Thank you for your time today and remember to be great every day. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Kavnis Experience. Be sure to connect with us across social media at Kavnis HR. Thank you and remember to be great every day. You got to pump it up.